welcome to the dulcet tones of <laughs> Failed Rockstar Club podcast. The podcast that talks to him about music, mental health and fashion. Why are you doing it like this is a sexy late night because, version? Um, Alan's deep bath. Because we've just listened to um, a beautiful song there by um, the band Embrace, mm-hmm. a version of Jez Dixon's Done. And it's made me kind of feel a bit, a bit like that. <laughs> down. <laughs> <laughs> you feel a bit emotional. What you? song was that, Jez, and why uh, why have you played it? So that was one of my favourite songs by the band Embrace. It's called Out of Nothing. I've played it on the world's shittest keyboard, but I think you agree. Even though it's a shit keyboard, the the quality of the song shines through. Would yeah. you, Would you agree with that? I would agree. It's beautiful. Okay. <laughs> okay. Did, they did alright with that one. Yeah. Uh, why? One. And I think we can talk about it now. Why? Why have you played it? Well, that's because on next week's podcast, the the living legend that is Richard McNamara from the band Embrace is going to be on the podcast, and he's kind of a <laughs> I say living legend. I mean, he is. He's definitely living. Yeah, he's definitely alive because we we you know we speak to him, and he's a legend because we talk about him most weeks. Mm-hmm. So to have him actually on the podcast is kind of a bit of a he's the guy treat. that produced most of our work. Yes. As well, which is kind of where we often talk about our relationship with him and how it worked with us in the studio. So not only is he a full-blown rock star, but he's also yeah. an important part of our musical lives. Yeah, definitely. I would say. So yeah, we thought it was a nice way to kind of start this week's podcast. It's going to be a bit weird if we played it to him. <laughs> yeah. Listen to this, this is your song. This is your song, played badly on the world's shittest keyboard. Yeah. Interested? <laughs> not really. Yeah. So um, yeah, so um, stay tuned for next week, Pop Pickers, because... Uh, it should be a really good one. Uh, well, we know we've actually done it already, but yeah. we're pretending we haven't done it already. Yeah, it's the illusion mm. of uh, broadcasting. Yeah, it's not, it's not live, 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 live. It's just live. Yeah, and so we know it's a very good. It was a wicked podcast. And it was really interesting, and it was really it was a pleasure getting someone who's been in the industry and worked in the music industry for a long time has done it. Had number one albums, number mm-hmm. number what one single. Definitely top five singles. Number two singles. I think it, it's been number two, yeah. Yeah. They've had number one albums. So yeah, they've had like number one albums for God's sake. Played stadiums, played arenas. Yeah, played with Coldplay last yeah. summer. Yeah. So yeah, that's a natural band. Um so but um to get the ball rolling this week, Jez, mm. um who are we and where are we? So as is traditional, you know, it's important to introduce ourselves because each week you might have a new listener. And I often say the trip over my words and say this without Enunciating, so even the people who listen every week might not know who we are. Mm-hmm. But just for all those people, you're Stephen Robert Hurdle, BA Honours. I'm Jeremy Peter Dixon, no BA Honours. We are in the top, hot little room at the top of our warehouse in Manningtree, uh, very much the Stockholm of East Anglia. And yeah, that's what we're doing. Bestdaysvintage.co.uk. Let's just get that plug in promptly. Mm-hmm. What, we to- what are we chatting about today? Um, well, the actual main bulk of this podcast, um, we're calling this the five best things and the five worst things about being in a band, mm-hmm. um, because it's a it's a mixed bag and a game of opinions, so neither of us know what each other's written, so I'd be interested mm-hmm. to see what we've come up with. Um, yeah, we're going to kind of do a little countdown for you, because yeah. you know we know you like these ones. Um, yeah. We've got some, we've got JD's, KP's, obviously. Natch. Um, we've got yeah. oh, the lyrics sound weird when you read them out. Uh, Dave, yeah. Not that at the end. 
Uh, yeah, so we got a, yeah, it's like a nice little pod, uh, like a little episode where it's just a little bit of chit chat, really. See all, how we get on. Yeah, all the usual features, plus a load of us talking crap. Yeah, what's not to like? Exactly. Um, but firstly, Jez, funnily enough, um, I actually do have a question from a Russian listener, but. Oh, he's turned it off. You turn it off. I'll turn it on. <laughs> no, but we've actually got a, pop, uh, a jingle for this now because we get so many questions from our Russian fans. So this is Russian question of the week. Russian question of the week. Here we go. There we go. There we go. Russian question is... of the week. Oh, that's magic. Yeah. I'm question... in the mood now. What's the question? This is a question from um, oh, a regular listener called Alexander Oleg. <laughs> yep. Two first names. Maybe it's Alex. Yeah, it's Alex. I don't know who Alexander Have you ever heard that there's like something about people don't trust people who have two first names? Oh. Like their surname is a, is mm. a first name. Have you come across this? Well, we, who's someone at your school? So we had Thomas Thomason. <laughs> Not only two yeah, first names. Thomas. That's not a first name. Like, John... John. Josh John. Oh, is that a name? Well, no, this is just an example. Oh. Uh, did we... I don't think we had one Must. at my school, but mm. there are examples. I should have thought of one before mm. I brought this up. But, like, Alexander Oleg, for example, yeah. is a Russian. So don't trust what you've got to say. Any, no, like, he's Russian. I'm not saying... There were just people in sorry, my Alex, life who I'm were really saying, sorry, Alexander <laughs> Have you never heard someone say that? Don't trust someone with two mm. first names. What? The same name twice, like Thomas Thomason. Simon <laughs> Simpson, someone else I went to school with. Uh, <laughs> it's real people. Okay, well, yeah, I don't know about them. Uh, There's probably some rule about them too. Okay. It's obviously bollocks, it's just something people say. I thought I'd bring it up. I wonder if there's an equivalent in Russia. Mm. Don't trust people with two first names. <laughs> okay, so Alex. I'm not calling Alex, sorry, taking liberty there, son. <laughs> Um, so, you patronised him about five times there. He, he, he writes to you, Jez. Yep. Because he what knows you know? you're the brains of the operation. Mm-hmm. The outfit. Thank you very much. Jez, what's yeah. your favourite thing about Great Russia State foreign affair policy? Right. Maybe you should be more Mr. Oleg. Well, fucking beat one, isn't it, Alex? <laughs> Come on, keep it light. Uh, do you want to read it again? Well, no, no, I perfectly understand the question. Russian say, state foreign affair policy. Yeah, I like the way they like to destabilise Western democracy. Mm. I think that's a great policy. You mean to that? Words. And words are the new uh, bombs, aren't they? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not with you that. I, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't actually think it's great. Why do you keep your nose sticky beak out of our, of our business? But if you were Russian and you knew they were doing that kind of thing... You know, rigging votes and whatnot. And yeah. Not through, allegedly. Through Facebook. What would you think if, if we started doing that? If we were doing it to... I would you overthrow I wouldn't be surprised if we... If we're up to that. Over, yeah. Controlling the oil supply to a um, an African country. Mm. To overthrow the government. So we could put our own... It's like a bond. Quantum of Solace. Yeah, you just... I wouldn't be happy about you that. You just told us the plot of Quantum of Solace. Yeah. Colonial Britain and all that sort of mm, stuff. You know. yeah, we, we, I was actually I was telling my daughter some of the uh, she's reading this like quite uh, out there book that's all about sort of it's quite hippie and mm-hmm. teaching her ideas about freedom and being brave and being kind and it's really it's quite a philosophical book for a seven year old and there was this whole section on freedom and like the freedoms that we have that's what they wanted her to discuss in mm-hmm. this, like in her answer 
and I was telling her about slavery and Britain's colonial past mm. and how we were we were pretty bad. And she was like, "What? In, you know, England was doing mm. had slaves and selling slaves." And she couldn't believe it. Yeah. But yes, we were evil, evil idiots. Yeah, for a long time. Well, if you have been listening, watch the film Zulu. Well, that's there, about there you go, yeah. colonial past, of course. Not good. Not a good look. Not really. No, bad. Shame on us. But uh, Zulus, yeah. thousands of them. <laughs> yeah, didn't say that. <laughs> is that, is that How you throw that bloody spears at me? Doesn't say that either. <laughs> he didn't even say anything like that. No. Oh, okay. I think he's in that. That's Michael Caine's first film. Introducing Michael Caine, and he's he plays the character Lieutenant Bromquist. Brom did he not do the voice in those days? He did. He sounded like Michael Caine, but it was his first film, so he didn't have his um, sayings in those days. Had developed him. <laughs> what does he say? Can you? Is there a quote that I can? Uh, oh, no, I can't remember off the top of my head. Not not a direct quote, no. Okay. Nothing. Don't memorable. Don't give up, do they? <laughs> Probably says that about the Zulus. They don't uh, bloody give up. Quite balanced. Well, that film, based, bear in mind, it's based in the sixties. Quite a balanced film. Like it's not. It doesn't make us hear. Doesn't heroes. paint the, the English army or the British army in a overly positive light, and it doesn't um, paint the Zulu army in negative or positive light. It's actually quite balanced. Well, nobody wins in war, do they? Oh no. Good film that. You watch it. It's quite old, but it is. But, you know, it's a good film. Okay. Um, sorry. <laughs> that got pretty heavy. Well, that's boring. <laughs> Um, all right, so just Zulu chat there. I'm, yep. I'm not sure I'm going to do this, so I'm going to. I haven't got a coin. Yep. So I've got a spoon. Yep. And I'm going to throw this spoon up in the air. Mm-hmm. So apologies for the clatter. And if it lands dip side up, mm-hmm. then we do. I'm going first. You go first, and you do. And we're doing bads. Okay, you Worst. do bads. And if I do, if it lands the other way, like dip side down. Then I'll go first and we do best. Mm-hmm. How about that? Oh, okay, yeah. All right. So here we go. Now throw it, toss it. Hang on. Steve is tossing a spoon. It's <laughs> up, it's me. It's up. Okay, so Jez, you go first. I'm going to tell you the five worst things in order, about being in a band. Yeah. Yeah, so you go, say five. So I'll, I'll do say my, five. Yeah. Okay, so five. One at a time. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. five, me five, then yeah. you four, then me four. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, number five. Oh, this is. <clears throat> I'm starting with quite a wet one. Missing family when on tour. Missing. Like our longest tour, we were away for like three months, and uh, it was genuinely hard being away from being away from your family. It was just, at that point, it was just just the wife, just the wife. But I know she found it hard, and then knowing that she was finding it hard makes it then hard on you. And there's loads of times when you're not missing your partner because you're doing lots of fun stuff but there's plenty of time when you the low times in the, the low times and you all you want is a cuddle and a, you know mm. someone to say it's going to be alright <laughs> give you a cup of make a cup of tea and do you mean that's why a lot of big massive fans take their families with them now on tour yeah it'll be a distraction if you had your wife with you it would yeah. it completely change the dynamic yeah. yeah it wouldn't be that sort of gang mentality and I think that's when a lot of bands mm. start to the whole when it gets so big that like each band member's got their own tour bus, for example. Yeah, exactly. It's a different different kettle of fish, isn't it? Yeah. Because it can be a distraction as well when you've got your family with you, right? You're not 100% focused on the job. No. Bands. Well, I never I never had that. But I suppose even like when you... If you go out with your friends and if you if your family's there, you're not... Yeah. On a smaller level, yeah. You, it's a completely different dynamic mm-hmm. 
that uh, if you're not there with your family, you know that, and you will. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's that's my number five. Okay. Um, we should say we should say this is kind of like a gu- I suppose a guide to being if you're thinking of starting a band, we want you to think about you know the pros and cons. Yeah. Because it's it's like anything in the world, isn't it? It's mixed bag. Yeah. Right, so for me, for number five, I've got carrying equipment. <laughs> that comes, that comes mm. a bit high for me. Uh, I was speci- specifically thinking about carrying all your gear into rehearsal rooms and having to get your gear from wherever it's stored, carrying it, bloody lugging it all into a van. Fucking heavy. And there was always seemed to be one person that didn't do as much as the others or one person did more than the others or... Yeah, it's just a pain in the arse. Like, getting your gear around and it's always fucking heavy and big and cumbersome. When you're in a small band as well, you're always playing in bloody venues that are like up four flights of stairs, tight corners. But there's nothing good about that. And it's kind of embarrassing as well. Like, you might see some people at the venue and you get there and it kind of almost undermines you just lugging your stuff instantly or any sense of sort of ego or kind of glamour. Which is kind of like... It's popped. Often, I don't know why big bands carry their own gear in. Well, they don't have roadies and stuff, but mm. they help. I'd like to think they help. Or they just turn up and everything's set up for them. I think the bigger you get, the less you do in, in the mm. setting up. Mm. You're, taught, you're not involved in that. You're just told, right, you be there at this time mm. and it'll all be ready for you. I'm trying, to, be I'm nice, trying to remember when I used to work in that music venue like in the Colchester and quite big bands would turn up. I can't remember. Did you ever see them lugging? Well, that's what I'm trying to remember. Can mm. I remember the time that, I don't know, Mogwai lock their own gear in or fucking I don't know dandy warhols I can't remember because they all had a team around them as well well it was a great motive I was it was kind of a great motivator like I, I would always think oh imagine one day where we don't have to fucking do this yeah never came obviously right. yeah <laughs> but it it was kind of a thing at the back of your mind mm. one day boys we won't have to do this okay this is this is how we earn our stripes yep okay number four number worst. four number four worst thing worst thing about being in a bound 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 sound check Okay. Absolute bollocks. And if you're not in a band, so have we talked about sound checks on this before? Did we do a whole episode about sound checks? We, we should do it. We, we, I think we wanted to. It's it's one of the most boring, laborious processes, and almost always irrelevant. That's that's the dual frustration of it. Sat there, you've probably got a hangover, and you have to listen to your drummer just thwack a bass drum. Which that's rubbish any time. Then you go through the rest of the band, and then because I was the singer, I was the last one. And then <coughs> you know it's not it's not fun testing your mic like singing <laughs> yeah singing a cappella in front of uh, you know whoever's in the venue as it is. Then you get on stage and it doesn't sound anything like what it did in the soundtrack anyway. So you think why it's more like you're just, you just bothered just line testing. Yeah. Well, we used to because by the time you, if you're on tour as well, you're like, well, you, it's not that you need to practice songs, so you yeah. it's different if you had your own sound man and they had a digital desk or whatever like they do exactly. nowadays. They're meant to be saved perfectly, but it was quite. It was when we used to go, had a tour manager who also did sound. That was when they knew what you liked, and mm. that was a game changer, wasn't it? Because mm. then you and you had a relationship with them, and yeah. you felt like you could. So I always feel a bit like on your side. Yeah, you'd feel like the venue sound man is like a bit like. The authority figure and is doesn't really give a shit. It's just phoning it in. Yep. So yeah, bollocks. Sound check. Okay, I've gone for number four. Worst E arguments. Ooh. So for anyone that's been in a band, they would have experienced the tensions that run off high, does bubble over 
um, in rehearsal rooms, for example, it can be any occasions, but when you're stuck with the same people quite often and there's like a kind of an inter kind of conflict within the bands, then you get these kind of tensions that arise as well and arguments that appear. And like, no one likes arguments anyway, really, do they? Many people. Especially us. But it's hard to have to deal with that and then continue and have to accept and moodies and stresses. <laughs> Just that simmer intention that's there. Yeah. And it's not all fun and games and it's actually it's the opposite of fun and games. because uh, often you're tired and you're again yeah. hungover. And you're both coming, coming down. And you're both looking at the same fucking thing and looking at it from completely different what different angles and no one's willing to compromise. Yeah. yeah. Think of a few painful times. Those are what's the egos, isn't it? The worst ones are when it's two people who've got an idea of how a song should sound, or or more actually, it's worse. My least favourites were when I really liked a song. I suppose probably because you know it was something I'd written, and when somebody's saying, "Oh, that's no, that's not to scratch," or "I don't like that," that's kind of hard for the mm. hard for the ego to take, I suppose. And so that's different, I suppose, to having to accept accept stuff but it's like just yeah when you have full blown Barneys mm. which we didn't have that often really but they did happen obviously well yeah that's well that's because we were quite good at actually, well not good it wasn't healthy we yeah. we would tend to bury our uh, yeah. feelings and slag each other behind behind mm. backs didn't we we went down the bitchy route which can be fun never leave the group <laughs> but, yeah never leave the group yeah because you will get slagged mm. Okay, three. <laughs> three. Yeah, you've already had it. Back back pain, the lugging okay. factor. So uh, just to reiterate, uh, it's fucking shit. Base cabs upstairs, probably done long-term damage to our spinal mm-hmm. spinal cords. We don't really, I don't think we need to go into yeah. that again. Okay. So give me your answer. So I've gone for the music industry. <laughs> sure. It's a broad one. Yeah. But... <laughs> When you are you talking about the the twats that well yeah yeah basically and the, yeah it's like the idea that when you first start out you don't have much contact with the music industry and the bigger you get the more contact you have with people within the industry just the kind of culture of the music industry the people that come into your world that's either like cokehead Barry Big Ball types or just all these different people pretending to be friends that aren't using you and making trying to make money out of what you are doing I suppose and then the kind of idea that it turns into a money making project rather than just a creative artistic product when you, when you first start your band it's like you and your mates and then it ends up becoming quite serious and things change and the industry corrupts mm. quite seriously corrupts power corrupts bands. yeah the bands within it and then the people that offer in and promise in the world and the lies and the crap it's bollocks isn't it the music industry full of snakes snakes and grasses Slugs. Number two. Yeah. uh, Repetition. That is to say that a lot of what you do, I suppose it's like the kind of percentage. It's percentages, isn't it? Mm -hmm. It's it's one percent of magic for ninety nine. This isn't going to sell. But wait, we're saving all the good stuff, so don't worry. There's plenty of good stuff. But it sometimes feels like it's one percent of good magical stuff for 99% of bollocks and of that 99% a lot of it is uh, repeating the same things over and over again be that practising and just playing what you think is your best seven songs over and over again or 
just when you're writing a song, going round and round, <laughs> round a riff until either you come up with something or you want to die. Do you know that painful thing when you're jamming, inverted commas, and you've got yeah. this like chord sequence and you're all just playing it, and ten minutes later you're all still playing it. <laughs> <laughs> and no one knows, the, and no one knows like stop. what to do next and everyone's looking at each other and yeah. you're like fucking who's, hell who's going to go who's going to go who's going to break first who's yeah. going to try and change the chord yeah and oh, you never oh, seem to you just keep going round and round round and round at first it seemed amazing like wow geez, we, could, we could just go round this all day and it would never sound bad yeah. and then of course it does it sounds like the worst thing ever by the time you've gone round it the mm. thousandth time just practicing the set like then gigs in themselves, like just playing the same song. When you when you're doing a full blown tour, mm. you, even that, even with you know with that extra magic of having playing in front of a live audience, yeah. you still get that element of oh we did this last night it sounds exactly the same. Yeah, and maybe that was just us. Just well, yeah, or waiting. Well, yeah, that's that another is? repetition. Yeah, 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 I can include that. It's, it's the sort of groundhog dayness of mm. being in a band. Mm-hmm. You have to be very good at waiting when you're in a band. Yep. Waiting in different places. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's basically look the same. Number, yep. We want to number... This is your number two. Okay, my number two. Other bands. <laughs> it's just... It's so often that you kind of have this bullshit fucking competitive thing. Whether it's like in your small town and suddenly like the local other rivals and it becomes this whole all-encompassing thing and you don't even know why. When you look back at it, it's embarrassing. But at the time, it seems to mean everything. Yeah. Or turn up in a music venue for a gig and you've another band you've never met before, and, and this whole like all, standoffish, standoffish, or figure <laughs> things out. And they're either really wacky, kind of excited dancing, and you're like the cynical kind of like, right? Or they're kind of like the too cool for school type yeah, bands that sort of won't talk you to you. Mm. Or yeah, it's and every now and then you would would become friends with other bands, yes. but there's too much of this kind of like. Kind of like treating it like a competition, com- competitive, cultural, mm. kind of tribal mentality. Yeah, this is our town. Yeah, Cause often we play with bands like from the town yeah. that we were playing in. Yeah, and it'd be a town that we didn't really know anybody, and mm. so they were like, "Oh, these fucking well, London, if you're, London." Or if you were like on supporting a, kind of a big band, you'd make every effort to try and suck up to them and become their friends. Yeah, which, we do, in, which we do in life anyway, but. Mm. I, even more so, it felt important to do to kind of like them to like you. So our natural instinct is to try and. Uh, yeah. Seduce everybody we meet. Yeah. So yeah, that's my two other bands. Yeah, they're a, a very mixed. They, of course, you're right to point out there are exceptions. Of yeah, course, yeah, of course, and we became friends with other bands. Exactly. They're not all evil. Uh, so it's number one. Yeah. All right. I bet we've got the same one. Well, yeah. My number one is crushing disappointment. <laughs> my number one is disappointment <laughs> and expectation levels. <laughs> yeah. There you go. I think that's appropriate. That we had to say no one because I think that that's probably what, sadly, that's what we, that's, when we think about our band, that's probably the most overriding emotion. Yeah. Because we, uh, I don't know. You put you, everything into you, something. Yeah, you give everything, you give it your all. Everything you, you have. Put your heart and soul doesn't into feel it. like it's good enough. No, and it never seems good enough. Yeah. People, every gig you'd be like oh maybe this is the one no no one's here yeah. maybe this will be the one no the right people aren't mm. here or, the, or a song that you thought was brilliant and yeah. then you put it you out play it to like, your, oh. you play it to the label or whatever and they go yeah. mm. it's maybe a third single it's, yeah. not, it's not the one I'm afraid back to the drawing board boys yeah okay you have to be there's really that feeling again <laughs> what was it? that's number one hello darkness my old friend <laughs> to be fair it's more like number two uh, yeah it's fucking hard and then also like when you compare that with your expectations or your kind yeah. of hope and you kind of have these 
this is it this is the one we've done it no yeah. we haven't done it well yeah somebody will tell you that's it oh, that's it that's yeah. your best song ever that's you yeah. I remember getting to uh, a recording session once and playing you know a song called Hanging Over and somebody had heard it I think our manager had heard it and told everybody and they I got there to the recording and they were like right play it for everyone play it for everyone sat down and they were like oh yeah that is and then we recorded it and, you know nothing nothing happened of it <laughs> you know how it ends because I swear anything though it's like you can only, only one person could be at number one at any one time or any one you know it's I don't know what your expectation levels are I suppose if you had low expectations well, or just hope it's like oh, it's hope again it's the hope this, that kills you isn't it exactly this like is being a, a football good, fan this is a good lesson for life uh, not just football like any, mm. exp- any aspect of your life mm. I think just keeping your expectations expectations low make, mm. will make you happier mm-hmm. you won't be I'm not saying you shouldn't have ambition and want to achieve things you should definitely you know get out of your comfort zone be creative do mm. your thing but just don't expect anything to come for it if anything comes of it it's a bu- fucking bonus yeah but we, I think we I think because we've come so far with it it felt like everything didn't it and it felt yeah. like we were yeah we expected to get to where you know so what did somebody somebody made some outrageous claim about how big we were going to be and I think we yeah. took it <laughs> to, <laughs> took it to literally so, you, yeah, you need, and it's not talent's not even enough. You yeah. need luck as well, and you yeah. need you need to work hard, obviously. But mm. you also you could be the best man in the world. But if the right person doesn't hear you at the right time, then it mm. might not happen. Yeah, because I mean those moments are also really exciting, right? Like we were saying, we were sitting in the Groucho Club, being taken there by someone. Mm. We'd just been played on Radio One, saying low, and the lawyer was said he'd stake his career. Yeah, that was on us getting yeah. absolutely massive, and they, uh, he turned down a record deal because we were better than that, and yeah. put it on our behalf. And we were t- being taken up by this big old label guy, and we we're like, "Fucking hell, this is it!" You know, and then we were like under the t- under the bar, like pushing each other's legs, like excitement. And then that was the end of that. Yeah, <laughs> that was pretty much as good as it got. Wasn't it? And he just never heard anything more of me after that. You going on tour? We did what are you doing? Yeah. Or time that we had like the single came out we had like loads of pre-orders or something and it had gone high in the charts and everyone was like we'd just been offered a record deal or a publishing deal and we were like hugging each other and jumping around yeah and never heard anything after that either. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, yeah but, like the expectations versus the crushing disappointment yeah, but we've still got the best parts to come stay tuned <laughs> so the best bits no no should we, should, oh. or should we do JD's RPs okay. KP's oh. RBs in the middle dance Then do this, and then we'll do, finish with the lyric thing. Okay, yeah? so that makes sense, doesn't it? So let's just give the answers to last week's. Yeah, I got, I got, I guess you got, you got these both in the week. It's a good. Steve now messages me like three days later. <laughs> so I finally got it. I was cleaning so, my teeth. It came to one. him. So JD's KP's RB. So that's Jess Dixon's Carl Pilkinson's Rockbusters. I give you a cryptic clue, and an initial, and you have to guess the band or the artist. Last last week's. Number one was that really is a tremendous lawn. That was of course super grass, super grass, and disgusting. One of those tiny flying bugs, Midge. Uh, Midge. Uh. There you go. This week's ah. So the initials are P Y. P P P Y. He's been getting off with girls since he was about ten. P Y. Okay. And 
GW. You don't have to travel to Japan. You're welcome to come the other way. That's GW. That's this week's message in with your answers. The first one wins a £15 gift voucher to spend on failed Rockstar Club merch. Which you can get at bestdaysvintage.co.uk mm. if you don't win. Okay, Just so you know. Re-listen to this and try and remember. So yeah, if you're not sure, rewind it, listen to it again. Yeah. You just does that little button and you just go back 30 seconds. Yeah. You press that twice, you're golden. Okay. Right, should we do our worst then? Uh, it's our worst. Worsties. Oh no, besties. Yeah, it's besties. Yeah. It's going to be an uplifting second half. Besties days. Okay, Lovely. so number five. Number five... Uh, seeing more of the country oh, than yeah. you otherwise would have. That's a good one. Thank you very much. So, obviously, I never would have gone to Hull yeah. if it weren't for the band, or Wolverhampton, or Stafford. Barnsley. <laughs> Barnsley. <laughs> Seriously, I, I, this, England, Great Britain does a lot of shit wrong, but I actually think it's a lovely country. Mm. Certainly... Huddersfield. <laughs> Blackburn. <laughs> well, he's focusing on like the north. Yeah. Uh, Fort William. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that's always stands out for me um, going on the Loch Ness. The yeah. Lake Ness. Yeah, the Scottish, Scottish part yeah. of the tour was amazing. Because it would be a pain in the ass getting up there, but obviously once you got up there, it's oh. wicked. It's lovely, wasn't it? Just even, like, just every road is just like a... It's yeah. beautiful. You just go around the corner, oh, there's a waterfall. Oh, Aberdeen. There are others. Mm. Uh, pool. Yeah. So, yeah, just getting to see bits that I never would have... I mean, how many people do actually see that much of these Great British Isles? Mm. Not many, I'd say. And I don't remember... Sometimes you don't actually get to see much of it. You're asleep in the back of the van. You get there and you see the inside of a crappy venue. It's interesting venue. to see like, the towns and stuff. But you go into towns as well. Although sometimes you go to the same place a few times and it would lose its appeal afterwards, but... Totally, and some place. You know, I'm not trying to create this magical Albion where every town we went to was has its own personality. Some of them were just like identical high streets, and you couldn't. Milton Keynes. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> a bad mouth. The Keynes, but yeah, that wasn't great. But some do have a person. They have a personality, and the people are different. And Harlow. They have <laughs> Albans. <laughs> Willing Garden City. Yately. Taplow. Thetford Forest. Yeah. Hemsby. <laughs> Bracknell. High Wycombe. <laughs> yeah. This is just naming places. But do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. I think it's a valid point. Yeah, it's a very good point. It's a good point, yeah. Uh, yeah. I've got number five. I've got... You might recognise me from my collaborations with Radiohead and Stephen Hawking. I actually did a lot of his heavy lifting for him. Anyway, I'm here to tell you about Best Days Vintage. If you like sustainable vintage fashion, feel-good prints and positive well-being, then they're the guys for you. Visit them at 40 Elf Lane, Colchester, or online at bestdaysvintage.co.uk. 
www.radio.uk Peace out, mother crushers. Girls. Ooh. Or depending on your persuasion. Or gender. Boys. That's, that's one of mine. Okay. Because uh, it's a really good opportunity to meet you meet so many different people on tour. And it was kind of cool when you kind of like would like chat up a girl or get chatted up by a girl or kind of like you know it's good for the ego and it's good fun and it's a good part of being in a band is that kind of like those kind of experiences that happen and don't have to do anything sometimes but it's just kind of cool and I don't know I just think it's like a kind of important part of that kind of feeling attracted and feeling kind of worthy I guess and worthwhile and sometimes it's good for the ego and Sometimes it's bad for the ego, to be fair. But yeah, I've well, I've let I should move on. My number four is basically the same: impressing, impressing girls slash boys, okay. whichever is your well. But I suppose both. Hmm. In, getting a compliment from a boy just as felt hmm. just as good. Impressing people. Yeah, just there's not many aspects <clears throat> of your life where people say to you, "Oh, that was that was really good. I really that enjoyed was, it." Yeah, well done. That yeah. was great. Yeah, it's like when people say when they get off tour and they're no longer being clapped yeah it's a, it's hard to kind of take when you when you've been in an environment where people are yeah screaming after you've finished mm. the song it's hard to then go back to your normal life and, and just that's be like, kind of oh. you know you've never had a good gig and you, you know you've had a real shitter when you don't even bother going out in the crowd yeah or, afterwards, or you know you're really good when you've gone out because you go out and like mingle with people and stuff like that and yeah. meet people yeah definitely so that's your four so yeah that, that kind of touches on my I, yeah, I was. It was impressing. Compliments was the okay. essential, the overarching. Mm. Probably a bit better than my girls. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit. Well, it's, yeah, it comes under the same umbrella. So I've got number four. When a song clicks in a rehearsal. Ooh, well, that's yeah. Hmm. And by that I mean that you've sometimes when you're in a rehearsal room, when you're writing, you're working on stuff. Every every now and then it would just happen and just work. And it's the fucking best feeling when you're all like vibing as a band and you're like pumped on like something you think it's fucking wicked and you really think it's a good, great chorus or it feels great to play and you can get the dynamics working and it sounds really good in the room. And when it's, especially when it's a new one, it's like hope and it's full of excitement and it's a really nice feeling as a unit. And even before it's been tarnished by everyone outside of you, when it's just you guys in there and it feels like yeah, nothing can touch it. It's special and it's a really nice feeling. Good choice. Oh, yeah. So you got three, yeah. Three. Uh, catharsis. That is to say, the act of uh, writing a song for me and getting a getting a feeling out, and it was I suppose it's like the equivalent to me of seeing a seeing a counsellor or having a therapist. Sorry about that noise, guys. <laughs> Checking this was recording. Yeah, I thought, suddenly thought it wasn't recording. If we'd lost all that gold, that'd mm. be another disappointment. <laughs> yeah, that that kind of almost a confessional aspect of writing a song, I've, I think was really healthy for me. I like that aspect of it. And now, and again, like not being in a band and not... I mean, I do sometimes write songs still, but not in the same way. And like, it was a way of kind of, yeah, getting feelings out that I wanted to put out there. I suppose now I do it on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> Not quite the same. Though, not it? quite the same. No, not quite as artfully. Okay. Um, I've got number three, 
when you almost finish the song and it sounds wicked in a recording studio. Mm, that is a good feeling. It's kind of similar to the rehearsal one, but it's like a more developed one. The feeling when you've... And it's all coming together and the sound it sounds wicked and it sounds massive and you're all sitting again as a group and a producer or whoever it is and you're... Um, um, yeah, you're kind of like, again, buzzing and it's just like a really nice feeling together of the whole thing. Can't be taken away. It always, it's always followed by disappointment when you put it on in the car on the way home. Or whatever, oh, and it's like, I don't oh, really. Shit. <laughs> yeah, so I, I agree with that. Some of the best moments we ever had was putting the song on the big fat stereo speakers, having after a few beers a at hard, the Yeah, after a hard graft yeah. of recording it. Yeah. You know, you maybe are a bit hoarse or your fingers are hurting from, and then you just cut loose, put the song on. Like, maybe you've had a few drinks, so you've had a gap from listening mm. to it. So you've got fresh ears again, you hear it, and you're like, yes, it is as good as I thought it was. Mm. Then, of course, like Steve says, yeah, it isn't as good as you thought it was. <laughs> you're, you're like winding each other up with excitement. Yeah. It's hard that feeling, not knowing whether or not you've done anything good or not. Like, I always wonder whether or not bands have. I do, they know, do they know? Like when the Killers, when they wrote Mr. Brightside, did they know that was going to be such yeah. a big hit, or did they just. I bet, they say, I bet they say that they did. Yeah. But. You can't. I don't think you can ever really know. I don't know. You yeah. click with people. I don't think you can. Okay. Because you listen to it in such a different way. I think. Your own stuff. Number two. Number two. Camaraderie. Sorry, I'm making noise again. Sorry, I'm just paranoid. This is not recording. I think it is recording. Sorry. <laughs> Always banging and crashing. I'm so sorry. Thousand apologies. Camaraderie. Okay. Slash friendship. You know, it's the same word essentially. But uh, the relationships you form. Not just within the band, but out of people you meet through the band. Uh, you know, some of the closest friendships. You know, I'll I'll ever have, I suppose. You really? Yep, for music. Yeah, there's. You know, you've all got the shared goal, and that kind of ties you together. But then, you, you know, we don't speak to the rest of the band all the time, like we do each other because we work together. But we will still always have that. That bond, that connection. Yeah, because we spent so much time together, and we like know each other inside mm-hmm. out. And there's, I don't think you're true. Oh, <laughs> pardon some of us, some of my brothers. But uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Yeah, of course, of course I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, he knows. Uh, yeah, he knows it. Okay, I've gone number two. I've gone tour. Okay, general tour. Just generally going on tour. Yeah, because. There's something to be said for... Well, that ties in with the camaraderie, doesn't it? Yeah. For the idea that... It's, I was something more like each day you had another chance to prove it. You know, like if you just do one-off gig, it's like, oh, I don't know. I've got to work tomorrow. But there's something about when you're on tour for a long time. It's really difficult, but every single night you're like, right, we're doing it again tonight. And every single night is another chance to kind of like make it count. You know what I mean? And like you always get other chances to do it and make it count. You never know what the next gig's going to... B. It's obviously helps a lot if every gig sold out. Mm. That helps. That would be comforting. Yeah. yeah, because then you're kind of like you know. And it's, oh, sorry about that. Was well, that wasn't me that time? <laughs> but yeah, every time you're, yeah, and the experiences, the places you go, the people you meet, the stories that you tell, you know, it's it's a cool thing. That's it. Because we may we'll have to do it again. We may sometimes give the impression that we didn't have a good time, but yeah, we would both put that as our most fun time in our lives right yeah well the best two weeks of my life is when we were on tour with dogs dying hot cars yeah you said that the other day mm-hmm. stand by that it, it is brilliant if you, <clears throat> if it's if it's a good one if it's a good tour and yeah there's people there every night and it yeah. isn't that 
worry of is anyone going to show up? Are we playing with the right band? Yeah. Blah blah blah. If if it is right and you've got audiences, mm. it's magic. Like it was just see why actual bands love doing it. Yeah, because when you know you got people coming to it who actually want to see your songs. Yeah, must be a good feeling. Buzz, waiting for that buzz every day. Going on tour and not knowing whether or not you're going to play to anyone. Mm. That's also on the other side. One of the worst things is if you're playing to a gig and there's no fucker there. Yeah, well, file that under disappointment. Yeah, <laughs> slash expectation. Because yeah. that's also fucking soul destroying. You like, you like, you know, do you give up and just fucking just stand there and play the songs like a rehearsal, or do you try? No, yeah. tough on that. You probably should try, but then it's embarrassing giving it stacks when there's like four people there on a Monday. In yeah. Burnley. And, yeah, and then you try and tell yourself, well, but what if one of those people is. Yeah, I know. <clears throat> makes the difference. We've just got to come up with one fan. The story, the Oasis yeah. story. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What if that one person tells the right person? Yeah. You know, if we convert one fan tonight, then it's been yeah. worthwhile. It's hard to tell yourself that when yeah. it's a big empty room. Okay, and that's it, number one. <laughs> this this is is one. Well, you kind of touched on it, really, but it's the, the, I suppose the magic of music okay. is what I would call it. And that's just a sp- specifically yeah, when you've written a song. And you know it's good. Mm-hmm. Like if I if I've written a song in my bedroom or, or 